This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies your dog's behavior so you can get the very best results from your dog training. This show is brought to you by FamilyDogFusion.com. For professional advice, dog training tips, ebooks, and a video to teach your dog how to walk on a leash, go to FamilyDogFusion.com and sign up for your free membership today. Recall. Everyone wants their dog to stay with them. Everyone wants their dog to come when called. Everyone wants their dog to stay at their side with no leash, no commands, and no worries. Everyone wants to want to. We would love for you to join our community of dog lovers. Log on to Facebook and search for our business page, Family Dog Fusion. There you will get updates as to what's going on with our dog-loving family and friends from all over the world. See events, our travels, or just information that you may need about the podcast, our book, or the new products we'll be releasing. That's Family Dog Fusion on Facebook. See you there. This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies your dog's behavior so that your dog will come to you every time you call. I am Benny Copeland, trainer of people, behaviorist to the dogs, and just like you, the listener, a dog lover. Making your dog come to you should be a number one priority, right? I know, I know. I have said that the down command is the most important command in the past, and I still adhere to that. Yet, the come command is definitely a priority. Being the most important and being a priority is very different. In the mind of a dog lover, it would be very important that your dog would want to be with you in every situation. No, I don't mean follow you around every waking moment. What I mean is that your dog stays with you or at least keeps tabs on you in social situation. Molly is a great example. She did not follow my every move, yet she loved being with me. If we were at a gathering with friends, she wanted to be social. She would meet people, sniff all the great smells, and get caught up in all the amazing things and wander around. Whenever I took her to a dog park, she would also get caught up in all the amazing smells. She loved those smells and would wander all over the park, sometimes where I didn't even see her. But yet, when I headed to the gate or headed to the door to leave, she usually beat me to the door or to the gate. This is what you want from your dog, right? I know, we all do. So let's follow up on this topic right after this. Do you love what you hear in all of these podcasts? Does what Benny say just make sense to you? Well, if you want a more in-depth understanding of what it means when we say demystify your dog's behavior, then you need to go to amazon.com and get Benny's book, Family Dog Fusion. Yes, we named the book after the website because we wanted things to be simple to remember. And most of all, we really want to fuse your dog into your family. In these few pages, Benny has decoded dog behavior. He's found a way to make what he has learned over the past 20 years of his life make sense when it comes to communicating with your dog. Also, the great thing about this book is you can mark up the pages, highlight the important stuff, bend the heck out of the spine even if you want to. It's yours. So we suggest to do all those things and then give it away and buy a new book when that happens. Family Dog Fusion on Amazon.com. 
Get your copy today. The problem is that when most dogs are given this freedom, they have other things in mind. They want to explore, greet, run, and run, and run. For your dog to recall in this situation is very important. It could even save your dog's life. That big problem is that when your dog escapes, you panic. You panic, you get scared, and then you get angry. If you're chasing your dog and screaming angrily at him, do you think he's going to want to come to you? Why would he want to come back to you? Yelling at your dog and giving chase with that angry energy and body language is more likely going to scare him. What can you do to ensure your dog will always want to come back to you? As a rare treat, you will get some homework at the end of these lessons. Now, this show may be broken down into multiple parts, and the homework will be at the very end. But that's the million-dollar question, right? When your dog gets off-leash, darts out the door or the gate, digs out of the yard, or even jumps or climbs the fence, how can you ensure these two things? One, that your dog will come back when you call him. And two, that even if he escapes without your knowledge, he will want to stay around and not end up five miles away. When working with an owner, and the main thing I talk about in every one of these shows, I teach them and teach you to talk about what you want from your dog. Speak it in the affirmative. The most common desire is that people don't want their dog to run off, or even worse, don't play the chase game. This is how most people describe what they want, by telling me what they don't want. One thing I love about this command is that the answer is in the name, to come when called. As I alluded to in the first part of the show, many people, especially people that show or compete with their dogs, call this recall. Normally, recall is when a dog has to get something and return with that thing, such as a ball or game. Although this is one great thing to teach your dog, the problem arises if your dog has no desire to fetch the ball or hunt the game. The key here is drive. Your dog has to have drive to fetch or retrieve. Many competitors and trainers of dogs, for, especially for specialty jobs, look for dogs with a high drive. A few breeds, such as Border Collies, German Shepherds, Beagles, are born with an inherently high drive. Working, guarding, or tracking. This does not mean that every one of those dogs, even those breeds, have that high drive and are actually driven to work, or even come for that matter. What if your dog's drive is something else? How do you use that drive to get your dog to come to you every time? What if your dog's drive is toys, or sniffing around and tracking, or protection? Are there things that do catch and keep your dog's interests? Games like 
tug, going for rides or walks, maybe even just snuggles? What if it seems that there isn't anything that motivates your dog or catches your dog's interest? There are dogs like that, you know? Even if your dog seems to have no interest in anything, there are still things you can do to get your dog to want to come to you every time. Understand, though, just like people, some dogs take more time and much more personal attention than other dogs. The higher your dog's drive and motivation levels, the easier and quicker you will get him to adhere to your needs and see results. For the past five years now, I have always talked about knowing what you want and then creating that desire from your dog. It has to be your dog's choice to do that thing for there to be a willingness to obey. The definition of obedience. Of course, this desire has to be the desire to come to you no matter what the situation or the distraction. So what can you do to create that desire, that willingness to come to you, no matter what your dog's drive level? Well, we're going to talk about it. But first, let's talk about what not to do. Negative reinforcement. Although the most common way to correct a behavior It is really not the best way. Why do I say this? Because most of us think in these terms of correcting the problem. In the case of dog training, there is only one thing we as dog lovers commonly use as a correction. Fear. Some people call it punishment. Some call it negative reinforcement. Or even behavior modification, if you want to be really PC. I call it correction. In terms of my training and teaching, correction is anything negative you use to get your dog to stop doing what he's doing and pay attention to you. Fear correction is what some people call punishment. Correct so hard that your dog fears you or fears what might happen next. There are so many problems that coincide with this method of training. One is that your dog only minds you out of fear. If you listen to the past shows, you would know that this corrective type of training will result in testing the boundaries at some point. Overcorrecting creates fear. Humans and dogs test the boundaries of fear all the time. This is a similar trait to both of these species. This is also a problem in the sense that if your dog is willing to test the boundaries, then at some point, the fear correction or fear motivation will be tested. A good example is a dog that has been beaten. At some point, this dog is going to run away or turn on its owner. These are both fear reactions. Sometimes we call this fight or flight. And I've only seen or heard of this when a dog has been in a high fear situation for a long period of time. Another reason fear or overcorrecting is not a great way to train is answered by a very simple question. Would you rather go to a person that was angry and upset or would you rather go to a person that is sweet and calm? 
I mean, think about it. If you yell at your dog for running off and then spank him when he comes back to you, is this an action or reaction that would make your dog want to come to you every time? Absolutely not. And yet, I see this action from owners all the time. Your aggressive reaction to your dog's actions does not create a desire from your dog to come back to you. As much as sense as this makes when I say it, I can tell you it is a very high percentage of people that continue to react that way when their dog runs off. I used to do this as well. As a matter of fact, I've done a show and it's one of my personal favorites. It's called Making the Mental Shift, in which I talk about how I used to use the corrective method in training and the point in my personal life that I shifted how I thought about dogs and how I thought about correction. The original recording is episode 70, and I re-released that show in June of 2020, and it's episode 244. With hunting dogs, there is a common tool that is used to make the dog come back to the owner, or as we said earlier, recall. Many trainers and hunters use the e-collar. This is a common fad that's going on now, where trainers are telling owners that they will train the dog off the leash. The trainer is using one of these e-collars. The e-collar delivers a shock, a vibration, or a sound when the owner pushes the button or trainer. This lets the dog know it's reached its boundary and should come back or pay attention. Being that this is negative reinforcement training, it also has its limitations. Some trainers start out with a shock and then reduce to the vibration and then only to the sound. A dog that is greatly reactive to the shock will also react to the vibration or sound because they have learned that the ultimate correction is the shock if they test the boundaries. Many dogs will do great with this. It's kind of the same theory as the underground fencing for a dog. Shock them early and hopefully they do not test, test that later in life. Some inexperienced people do it backwards. They think that if their dog reacts to the sound at first, they'll always react to the sound. And just as I teach, if you're constantly yelling no at your dog, at some point they will ignore the nose and just keep on doing what they're doing. And so with the sound. So then they increase it to the vibration. And then when the vibration stops working, they go to the shock. The dog gets used to ignoring this noise and vibration and then the only way that it'll react to the owner is by shocking the dog. Dogs will also quickly learn that if you don't have the shocker in your hand, they can't be shocked. This is because inexperienced trainers show the dog the controller and they're warning the dog before shopping them, shocking them. I had a friend, all she had to do was wear that remote around her neck and her dog would not bark. The dog didn't even know there were no batteries in the, sh the remote, and it didn't even have the collar on anymore. It just wouldn't bark when it saw the remote. So if she forgot to wear the remote, the dark dog would bark its full head off until she saw the remote again. So to make this long story longer, 
Correction is not a great way to make your dog willing to come to you every time. And this has gone on long enough. So next week, we will begin to discuss the two topics above, your dog staying around and your dog always coming when called. I've not entirely written those shows yet. I only have an outline, so I'm not really sure if I'm going to be able to get that into one or two parts. I guess you'll know when you listen. So in summary, today we discussed the come command. You discovered that this command is a priority to you, the dog lover, and the dog owner. You also learned why correction, punishment, or fear is not the best way to get you to get your dog to come to you every time. Thank you. If you would like to contact us, we have a link on our website, familydogfusion.com. We would love to hear your opinion and we value your feedback. So again, familydogfusion.com. Or if you just want to send us a direct message, you can do that via email. It goes to familydogfusion at gmail.com. Your comments are important to us and help us with future shows. Thank you for listening to our show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and family. Also, go ahead and give us a five-star review because it helps others find our show. And frankly, we just love to read them. This show is produced by Eric Jayner and show notes are created by Carissa Dolan. Thank you to all of the Family Dog Fusion team and our affiliate sponsor, Healthy Paws Pet Insurance. For your free pet insurance quote, go to familydogfusion.com slash insurance. And go to familydogfusion.com and sign up for your free membership today. Be impeccable with your dog.